And I, I want to read four verses of Scripture here. And I, I want to I talk to you for just a little bit on the, the conquering power of God's Word. The conquering power of God's Word. But in Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist wrote, and probably everybody could quote it, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Psalm 119 and verse number 18, the psalmist said, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. He said in, in verse number 47, And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. Notice what the psalmist is saying about the Word of God. Now drop down to verse number 89. When he says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. These four verses of Scripture are going to be four, uh, four points in an outline that, uh, that I, I want to talk about. And I, I, and I may not cover them all. If, you know, I, I'll try to be as brief as, as possible. Uh, but I do want to take this and, and talk to you on the conquering power of God's Word. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We, we talk about the Word of the Lord and, and, uh, and we, we preach the Word of God. and We teach the Word of God. We, we read it. We study it. We ingest it. And, and, and that's as it should be. Uh, the Word of God that we read is, is not like any other book. Right. It's not to be treated like any other book. Uh, we don't peruse the Word of God. We read the Word. Right. And we don't, we don't skim the Word of the Lord. We, we read it. We try to understand it. We try to uh, ingest it. We try to apply it uh, to our lives on, on a daily basis. But really what makes the Bible different than any other book that you can read is recorded uh, in the book of Hebrews where the writer of Hebrews said, For the Word of God is quick and is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the, the ability to to separate or make a distinction between, between the soul and the spirit of humanity. And when you and those those two are so so connected as to almost be indistinguishable, but the word of God can make a clear distinction between the soul and the spirit. And, and it also has the ability to penetrate to, to the dividing or to the, to the joints and, and the marrow. The Word of God is a, is a powerful book. 
It, it's not a not a not a dead book. It's it, it, there's power here. There's there's life here. And 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 the psalmist looked at the word of God in that respect. In Psalm night one nineteen, we've I've already uh, read to you certain verses of scripture that that has to do with the the word of the Lord and and as as the day of God approaches, I, I feel like we we need to be spending more time with the Word of God, ingesting the Word of God than than we do just thinking about the Word and and it, and, and and again, it's fine to read books about the Word. It, Hey, listen, it is fine to have commentaries and it's fine to have lexicons and resources to help our, our understanding. And, and uh, you know, my, my wife, you know, preached a sermon yesterday at, at, at home about all of the Amazon charges. And I'm, I'm like, those are, those are instructional materials. They, 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 they are like uh, the hammer to the carpenter and... They're like the, the saw to the car. They, they, they help me to, to understand. You know, that in the Spirit of God helps me to understand the, uh, the, the Word uh, of the Lord. And, and again, there, there is absolutely nothing wrong with, with reading books about the Word of God. But, but there's nothing like reading the Word of God itself. Amen. You'd be, it's like, you know, reading a, a, a biography or an autobiography of, you know, about somebody and, and, and you read things of, about them and about their life, but yet, you know, until you come in contact with that man or woman and spend time with them, you can read about them all you want, but there's nothing like spending time with them to know them and to understand them. The Word of God is, is the same way. I've got a systematic way that I read the Word of God and, and I do make a distinction between reading the Word and studying the Word of the Lord. I've got a systematic way that I read the Word of God, but I've, I've kind of broken some of that since uh, our Purpose Institute has semester. Uh, began uh, uh, about two weeks ago, and 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 my subject that I'm I'm teaching uh, this semester is the historical and the poetic books uh, of the Word, and so I've I've made a determination that you know while I'm I'm teaching these books, I'm going to read through these books again, you know. So I took about twenty minutes and read through the book of uh, the book of Ruth and. And then we started in in First Samuel, and and uh, you know I was reading you know in First Samuel this morning uh, before coming to church, and and uh, uh, just just reading and and ingesting you know the the word of God and discovering the words of the book all over again. And 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 the first point that I want to make this morning quickly is it is the fact of what. Uh, David said in Psalm chapter, or, or in Psalm 119 in verse number 12 that I read where he said, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And that, that word statutes, and I've, uh, there are, 
And and, and I don't I don't want to waste time, you know, on this. But uh, in in another Bible that I study, I've I've gone through Psalm one nineteen, and I have highlighted and boxed in every word that the psalmist uses that pertains to the Word of God. Words like commandment, words like statutes. Words like the law and, and other, if there's about six different words that, that he uses here. But, but what the psalmist is saying when he said, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Teach me your word. Teach me your law. Teach me your ways. There, there was a desire in the heart and the mind of, of the psalmist that he wanted to discover God's word. And to know the Word, you've got to discover the Word of God. That's why I advocate to you that you have to spend time with this book. Amen. Sometimes you need to turn everything off that's going on in your life and, and, and get away maybe to a quiet place if there's a lot of noise in your house. And, and you need to rediscover the Word of God and the power that there is in the Word of God. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, that Word can help you to understand not just the God that you serve, but it will help you to understand, amen, that no matter who or what is against me as an individual, if God is for me, amen, nobody else is going to be successful against me. I was reading again in 1 Samuel, and I know 1 Samuel is history, it's, it's narrative, and, and uh, you know, you can read it almost like a good novel, you know, a good storybook, but, but, but there's nuggets in there. And I, I read about, you know, uh, about David, you know, and he's running from Saul, and Saul is determined to kill him, and he's running from Saul, and He's got about 400 men that come to him. And I I noticed that every one of these men had problems. Some of them were in debt. Some of them were running from things and and, and other other things. But 400 of those needy people with problems came to David. But David took those 400 needy people and he made an army out of them until the next thing you read about the number of men that was with David, it had grown by 200 and now there's 600 with him. But yet David's running and David goes to Abiathar the priest and you know, and he, he inquires and he said, you got any food around here? And and Abiathar, you know, the, the, the priest or Ahimelech uh, said, you know, um, only thing we got is the showbread. He said, well, our men, they ain't been around women for three days. So, you know, they're, they're good to go there. And so David gets the showbread and he asks, is there a weapon here? And, you know, and he said, there's none here. He said, except, you know, the, the, the sword of, of Goliath. David was familiar with that sword because he took that sword and cut Goliath's head off with his own sword. And, and, he, and he said, well, it's, it's hanging in the back, 
back there under a linen, you know, ephod. And David said, well, I'll take that because there, there's none like it. And, and David goes, goes on. But, but, but the Bible talks about a man by the name of Doeg. Doeg, you know, was in Saul's camp and, and Doeg saw David there. And, and, and Doeg just didn't say anything about it until the right time came up and, 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 and Saul was inquiring and Doeg said, Oh, I, I got a little news for you, Saul. I saw Doeg. He was down at the priest's house down there at Nob. And, and the priest inquired of God for him, which was a lie. And, and he said, and he gave him the showbread and, and he gave him Goliath sword and he said you go and get the priest and you bring him here and all the all the people that wear the linen ephod you bring them and he did and Saul questioned the priest and then he told his servants you follow them you kill them you kill every one of them because they 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 they're against me and 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 they're aiding my enemy and 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 the Bible said that that Saul's priest wouldn't do it no, we're not going to touch that. And, 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 and he looked at Doeg and he said, you'll do it, won't you? And Doeg said, I'll, I'll be happy. And, and Doeg killed the priest and he killed all of the, 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 the priests that were with uh, the high priest. And then he went to Nob and he, he destroyed the city. He killed men, women, children. He killed sheep. He killed oxen. Doeg was a son. He was a In, 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 the, in the language of my old days, you know, back B.C., Doeg was the kind of man somebody should have dotted. When I mean dotted, somebody, somebody should have put a bullet in Doeg. That was the kind of man that Doeg... And you discover that. And, and you discover that, you know, no matter how you try to do things to please God, that there's going to be somebody on the other side over there that don't like you. And we talked about that a little bit this morning. That there's going to see things and hear things. And, and they're going to wait to the right moment of time. You know, that it's in their best interest to expose what they know and what they have seen. See, you discover things like that. In the word of God. And David asked the Lord, teach me. Teach me your statutes. There's things that I want to learn about you. There's things about you that I want to know. And, and listen, when, when you go to the word of God to read that word, it's, it, it shouldn't be just for knowledge and just for information. But, but listen, we, 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 need, we need to want to get to, to know the God of the book better. Amen. Than we do. We need, to, we need to look in here to find something about the nature of God that maybe we're not as aware of and, and things that we don't know about. Teach me thy statutes. Oh Lord, teach me thy statutes. Amen. Again, the first point I want to make is that we need to discover the Word of God. We need to become reacquainted with this thing. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you in the day that we live in the closer we get to the rapture of the church the more important this whole book is going to become to you and your life I need to re realign myself with the word in my mind and understand there is power in the word of God 
And so I need to discover that word. There, there are things you say, discover the word. I mean, my Lord, I've been reading the Bible for 40 years. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. You pick up that old book and you start searching in the right places. And you're going to discover things that you didn't know or you had long forgotten was even in the Word of God. You need to discover that Word. The second point that I want to make according to the psalmist in in verse number 18. He said, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. The second point I want to make this morning is that you need to digest God's Word. Open my eyes, God. There's things that I'm not going to be able to see unless you open my eyes. Amen. And, my, and, and let me tell you, I, concerning reading about the Word, I, I've got shelf upon shelf upon shelf of books about the Word of God. I've got boxes of books that are in the attic that I don't have any, any room at home to, to put on shelves that are about the Word of God. Amen. But again, there's nothing wrong with that. But but when it comes to digesting, I need to digest the Word. Can they help me to understand some things? Oh yes, they can give clarity to difficult portions of Scripture. They can help me to understand the social background or the economic context or the political context of a particular book or passage. Can they help me? Yes, they can help me. But I'm here to tell you, I need to digest the Word of the Lord. God needs to help me. He needs to open my eyes. Because here's the truth of the matter. You can have all the books about the Word that you want. But unless God opens your eyes. Unless God opens your eyes. Your eyes. I'm telling you, God can show you things in the Word that nobody else can show you. Amen. Amen. God can help you to discover things in the Word that nobody else can help you to discover. Amen. I don't, I don't mean to put anybody on the spot this morning, but, but it's obvious to me that Brother Austin's reading through the Word of God this year because he's brought questions. And, and, and he asked me the other night, you know, over there in the prophets, uh, when you read about Edom and all of these other peoples, uh, it, is, it talking about, is it talking about the people or things that they have done? And I said it can be both. It can be the people or things that are associated with those people. See, amen, God needs to open our eyes. But the only way that God can help us to understand the wondrous works of the law is for us to rediscover the book and understand its power and its authority and its abilities in our lives. Digest that word. Webster says that to digest means one, one uh, definition is to think over and absorb. Digest it. Think over it. Absorb it into your mind. Absorb it into your thinking. Think it. Digest it. Absorb it. Meditate on it. Mutter it. Repeat it back to yourself. When, when you read, and this is going to sound dumb, 
It's going to sound stupid, but, but it's effective. It doesn't matter how it sounds. When you read the Word of God, if you're not too embarrassed, read it out loud. There's something about the retention capabilities of your mind. Amen. That if you read something out loud, you have a greater chance of, of retaining that and absorbing that thing. Amen. That's the reason. That's the reason that I'll take one of these little things right here. You know what these are? Well, this morning it's my, it's my recorder for Spotify. It tells me how long I've been rambling. 20 minutes and 10 seconds. But I got applications on here, Brother Thomas, that'll read the Word of God to me. And, and, and I don't just sit and just listen. But I'll either, I'll either pull up the passage, you know, on, on my phone or on my, my, my iPad, or I'll open my book and, and I'm reading along, but yet I'm hearing it at, at the same time. What are you doing? I want to digest that Word. Amen. I don't, want, I don't want anything to escape me. Amen. I want to be like the psalmist. God, open my eyes. Open my eyes that I can behold the wondrous things out of thy law. Amen. There's things in here. Amen. That are wonderful things. They're powerful things. They're inspired things. They're things that will help you to be overcomers. They're things that will help heal your body and heal your mind. In the Word of God. And God needs to open our eyes to it. You say, but now, I, I didn't know that by digesting that Word, that, that Word can, you know, that Word can heal, heal my body. I thought, you know, you always got to be praying. You know, somebody's got to pray over you. I'm telling you, there, there is healing capabilities in the Word. Not just for your body, but for your mind. You know, I was, somehow, and maybe it's just the leading of the Lord, I don't know. But somehow I've connected with Brother Mark Morgan in his preaching again. and I watched a video of him earlier in the week. He's preaching it or either right before or right after uh, because of the times in, in Alexandria. And he, and he starts telling those people about a, a time of severe depression that he went through. He said it was a very, very dark time. And, you know, and he said it was, it, it, was, it was black as night. And he said there were periods of time I even questioned life and, you know, what's it all for and, and stuff, and he said, I was just severely, severely depressed. And he said, it got to the point I started having physical problems. I went to the doctor and they did tests and did blood work on me. And, you know, and so then, so then the doctor started talking to me about my mind. He said, what have you been doing? And, and he said, well, you know me. I mean, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I'm been traveling all around the world and preaching this and that and going as hard as I can and and he said you gotta you gotta stop that and he said that's that's something I just I, I didn't want to hear I wasn't ready to hear that and and I told the doctor no no that's I mean there, there, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with my mind Not, nothing wrong 
at all with my mind. It's, it's something else. It's, it's not my mind. And he said, my doctor looked at me and he said, he said, why is it that, that with all of you Pentecostal preachers, if I can diagnose you from the neck down, you'll believe what I tell you. But if, I didn't, but if I detect something and diagnose something from the chin up, you won't hear what I got to say. He said, but I'm telling you, the problem that you're having is not physical. It has everything to do with your mind and with your brain. And you are depressed and you are clinically depressed. And he said, I got these medicines that you need to take to help you with that. And he said, now, he said, look, I'm not, against, I'm not against medicine. I understand that, you know, there are things if God don't heal, you, you need to take medicine. I get it. Don't have a problem with it. He said, but, uh, he said, my wife spoke up very quick. He said, he's not taking that. And she said, he's not. He, she said, no, he ain't taking that. I know him. And he's not taking that. And she said, it, it, he don't think it's bad enough to take it. He said, oh, it's bad enough. And, and he will take it. Because it's bad enough. He said, I took the medicines. I took them home. He said, but I didn't take them. He said, and I, was, I was sitting you know, at the table one day. And he said, having these bad thoughts. You know, just, and I couldn't stop it. These bad thoughts. Bad thoughts, and he said, "I got up and went to the kitchen sink, got a glass of water, just to drink a glass of water." You know, he said, what, "What's the deal with just drinking a glass? I'm just going to drink a glass of water." And these thoughts started coming through my mind. Well, you, you'll drown on that glass of water, you know, and, and you'll you'll choke, you'll suffocate just drinking a glass of water. He said, "Just jump like that." And, he said, while I was standing there and I'm looking at this glass of water and these thoughts are running through my mind, he said, the Lord spoke to me and, and said, how, how much would that glass hold? And he said, I thought, well, that's a dumb question. And he said, the Lord said, how much would that glass hold? And he said, I don't know. I, six, eight, ten, twelve ounces? I don't know. God told God said, my point is that glass is capable of holding only so much and no more. And he said, I've got a cup for you, and it's a cup of suffering. And he said, that cup is so big, and it's only so big. And he said, God began to speak to me, and, and, and God began, began to tell me, you know, what I want, what I what I want you to do is I, I want you to start spending time. In, in my word, because my word will heal you. My word will heal you. He said, my word will heal you. He said, so I, I drank my water and I went and got the medicine. And I looked at it and, and, and God just kept telling me about the word and about the word. And I'm standing there looking at, at these bottles of medicine. And 
He said, but, but, the, but, but this thought still keeps coming about the Word. And the Word, he said, the Word would heal me. He said, so I put the medicine aside. I never took any of it. He said, but when I get up in the morning, I, I, start, I start reading. And I sit down at the table. And he said, and I'm not studying. I'm not looking for a sermon. I'm not looking for something to preach. He said, I'm just reading that Word. I'm reading it. I'm getting it in me. And he said, I'll spend about three hours in the morning just doing nothing but just digesting that word and just just letting that word and giving that word time you know and he said here's the problem with so many of us sometimes we don't give the word time to do what God intended that word to do for us I'm telling you again we need to digest the word of God because there's power in that word that word will touch your mind it'll touch your heart it'll touch your spirit it'll touch your physical body if you just digest the word of God and brother Morgan you know I, I don't maybe I'm at a certain place I don't know I do know that you know my my personality is is uh the the, the most you know, the, the majority of it is melancholic and, you know, and then there's a little bit of phlegmatic there and there's a little something else there. And I know what he's talking about, you know, about depression. Melancholic people seem tend to suffer depression. Introverts seem to suffer depression more than, than anybody else. And, and I am 100% introverted. I am not an extrovert. I, I, am, I am introverted. And sometimes, I have to be careful because sometimes that comes off as arrogance. And, and introverted people give the perception to other people that, that they're arrogant people. I, I've had people I've known since they were, they were kids, but now they're grown and they're receiving ministerial license and pastoring that you know has, has talked to me, that has even told me, said, you know, I used to, I mean, you're talking to me. I used to think you didn't even like me. And I'm like, why would you think that? Because you just, and, and I'm like, you got to understand, I, I don't make friends easily. I don't, it's not easy for me just to go up and start a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm introverted. I'm an introverted guy. I can sit in a corner with a book or with my Bible and just and let the world pass by and it would be okay with me. But but here was here was the thing that that brother Morgan said. He said, oh, "I'm gonna tell you something." He said, and "This is something we've got to get over as apostolics because you know, in in the past, I've, I've talked to you. I've taught you about your mind. I've preached about our mind and the effects of our mind and and the word of God on on our minds and how your mind affects not just your initial conversion but your continued conversion." And he said, here's the thing. He said, we as apostolics, he said, man, we'll focus on the body and we'll focus on the spirit. He said, but when it comes to the mind, he said, we don't touch it. We leave that alone. And he said, we got to get away from that because your mind is just as much a part of you as, as it is your, as your body and your spirit is. And I'm sitting at my desk and I'm listening to this and, and, and I thought, my God, that's, that's the same. That I have said those exact words. That your mind is just as much a part of you as your, as your body and your spirit is. And, 
You know, and, and now here he is saying that, that God has, has spoken to him, you know, that. And instantly what came into my mind, you know, was, was I, I can speak to you as easily as I can speak to him. But see, the point that I'm, I'm trying to make is, in, in all of this, is that we need to digest. We need to think over. We need to absorb the Word of God. We need to delve into the promises of God. We need to study those promises. We need to ponder them. And, 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 and we need to absorb the Word of God until we become absorbed by the Word. Amen. When you become absorbed by the Word of God, then you think the Word. And when situations arise, the Word of God is the first thing that comes to your mind when you absorb it to the point that you become absorbed by it. It's going to be your guiding factor. It's going to be the thing that guides everything that you do and every word that you say and every thought that you allow to remain in your mind is going to be that word of God. Amen? Amen. Do we still believe about the word what we say that we have always believed about the word? Do we still believe it today? Do we still believe the Word of God is quick? It's alive? We still believe the Word of God is powerful? Amen, do we? That Word can heal your mind. That Word can heal your body. It can heal your spirit. Amen? I'm closing. I told you. I was going, I've only preached about half the message. And maybe if God allows, we'll pick it up next week. But I want us to stand this morning. Because I've preached for 33 minutes about the conquering power of God's Word. If you will, if you will reconnect if you'll rediscover that Word. Can I say it like this? We need to fall in love with this book all over again. Amen. I I don't say this to brag. I I, I say it only, only for illustrative purposes. You know, God called me to preach when I was 16 years old, but I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't have anybody to help me. I didn't have anybody to guide me, you know, to, you know, to go to, to talk to, and, you know, anything like this. And so it rocked on for several years until we were married and, and you know, and we were working and I just, you know, praying and seeking God. I thought now, you know, if there's ever a time that we need to pursue what God has directed, we, we need to do it now. And still, I didn't, I didn't have, I was in a different church, but I still didn't have anybody to, you know, to go to and talk to and guide, be under their direction, you know, whatever. 
So what I did, I work all day and come home and we'd have dinner. And about the time, you know, the family's getting ready to go to bed, I, I take my Bible. And I spend hours in, the, in that Word every day. Hours. Just reading, digesting. I, I'm not even going to say that I, I really knew how to study the Word at that time, Brother Posey, but I, ju- I just knew if I could get that Word in me. If I could get it in me. So I read and I read and I read and I cross-referenced and I wrote notes in my Bible and I underlined and I circled and I blocked off and I, I, I used air. I did everything. I was... Uh, I, I, I read the Word of God and I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. And I would do that for weeks at a time, working 8, 10, 11 hours a day, and, and, and go to bed for weeks at a time, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, get up and do it all over again. I'd do that for, for weeks until, until my physical body just crashed. You know, the only thing I could do is go home and I'd sit on the couch and I'd, I'd go to sleep and I'd fall asleep and I'd do that for three or four days, five days, and then the process would start all over again. You know, but the, but the point I'm, I'm making is, is this, that there was, there was a desire. I, every day, I, I, and, and don't, this sounds worse than it is, but every day I look forward to the time when my family was going to bed. Because to me, that was word time. And I'd take my Bible. We lived in an old house, didn't have any insulation in it whatsoever. I'm telling you, it was, it was blazing hot in the summertime and it was freezing cold in the winter. Sometimes, you know, we'd be poor and our gas was a, was a propane furnace. And, you know, sometimes we'd give out of gas because we didn't, we didn't have money. And, and at night, I would, I would go in the kitchen and I learned this being poor growing up. You know, I'd go in the kitchen and, and, and I'd turn the oven on and, and open the door of the oven and it'd heat the kitchen up. And I'd, I'd get my Bible and I'd pull up a chair and sit right there at that oven and, and read and read and read and pray and read and read and pray. And those, those would be days that I'll never forget as long as I live. The reason for that is because there was an insatiable hunger for the Word of God and to do the will of God. I didn't have study books. One, one Christmas, my, my, my wife's daddy bought me a one-volume commentary of Barnes Notes on the New Testament. I, I didn't have anything on the Old Testament. Barnes Notes on the New Testament. I use that old book. It's falling apart. It's in the attic boxed up now it's but but it, it was falling apart but there was there was I wanted to digest the word of God and sometimes there have been points in, in my life quite honestly I'll just be more transparent than probably what I need to be but did I get caught up with work and jobs and other activities and, and things that you know I'd, I'd look around and wonder what what's happening and and what happened to my desire? What happened to the, the, the appetite of the Word of God that, that was there back in those early days of ministry until, until it gets to the place that I have to force feed myself God's Word?
But as of late, my wife can attest, I'll spend hours in the Word of God again. Because I want to digest. Because that Word is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I have found that Word to help my body, my spirit, and also my mind. Amen. That's the conquering power of God's Word. Amen? Amen. And in the closing moments of this, of this service this morning, I want you to bow your heads all over this building. Because I'm, I have preached this morning to people who are conflicted in their minds. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you. I'm just saying that you're prone to consternation of mind. You worry about things. You become anxious of every little report that you hear and, and, and every, every little tale that somebody would have to tell about how bad something is. You, you know what? You need a healing in your mind. There, there, there are those that no doubt need a healing in, in your body and need a healing in your spirit this morning. You may be wounded in spirit because of some transgression or, or some something. You, you may have a wounded spirit. And I tell you something, the Word of God it is the salve that will heal those wounds today. Amen. And God wants to touch you this morning. God wants to heal your mind, your body, and your spirit. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front unless you want specific individual prayer. And if you do, that's fine. I, I want you to come. But see, God knows you better than I do. And really, when you get down to the point of it, you know you better than I do as well. You know where there's hurt. You know where there's trauma. You know where there's bruising. And you know where there's bleeding. And your body, your mind, and your spirit. Now, if you want individual prayer, I want you to come. Otherwise, I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. And I want you just to talk to the Lord. There's healing in that Word. There's healing in His Word.